I'm so proud of Brother Landry, proud of his family. I love them dearly. God is doing a great work in their lives, and uh, it's just the beginning. And I'm glad they're a part of the family of Abundant Life Center, doing great things for the kingdom of God. Would you give him a great big Abundant Life Center love and blessing as he comes and preaches us the word. Amen. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the promise was unto you and to your children and to a many that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many of you believe that tonight? I don't know why, but God told me to quote Acts 2.38 every time I preach. And until God gives me a release, I'm going to do it. But how many of you still believe in the, in the Acts 2.38 message that Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, and be washed in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe that God wants to do something tonight. I believe that God wants to take you to higher heights and deeper depths in Him. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I'm, I'm not going to have you stand for the reading of the word tonight, although I know that is typically traditional. But I am so thankful for, for the, the opportunity to be in the house of God again. I can't, I can't, I can't lie to you. It, I was hungry to get back to the, the church. I was hungry to get back to the, to the house of God. I was hungry to see the people of God again. Amen. And the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Amen. I believe that we shall be filled. Amen. He wants to take you to the mountain. And he wants to walk with you through a valley tonight. You know, it's easy to see God when we're on the mountain. It's easy to see God when, when everything looks good and everything's going good. But when God takes us through the valley, that's where we get a little bit of fearful and afraid. And that's where we, we sometimes wonder, God, why am I walking through the valley again? Why am I going through this again? Amen. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. Some of us don't realize how much power we have inside of us. Some of us don't realize how much power the Word of God says that you have inside of you. Amen. Some of us don't realize that John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, and this was Jesus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father, and whosoever he, you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Amen. you got to realize the power that's inside of you. If you could just realize the power that is in each and every single one of us tonight, we would realize what God has called us to do. Amen. Kids, I remember when I was a young child. I remember being a young boy, and I'm, I'm saying no, no older than 12 years old, maybe 9, 10. I remember 
My parents took me to church every service that we had an opportunity to go to the house of God. And I remember being home alone one night. And I don't remember where my parents were. I remember my older sister was watching us. And I remember I was home alone. But here's what I remember. I remember the devil sneaking into the room where I was. And I remember the devil putting a fearful spirit inside of that room. And I remember being so afraid and terrified. And I remember going to my sister and, and, and my older sister. So I had two sisters that I was talking to. And I'm like, do you feel this awkward, ugly spirit that I feel? And she said, yeah, it's, I'm so afraid. I'm so, I'm so scared. Both my sisters and I were terrified. We didn't understand why. But there was an ugly spirit in the room. And you know what? Mom and daddy wasn't there to tell us what to do. Nobody was there to tell us what to do. But all the nights and all the days that Jesus told us or that my parents took us to the house of God and we heard the word of God preached that we could call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. That was the only thing that we felt we could do. And so three little kids, 12 years old, 15 years old and 16 years old got on their knees and began to pray and began to speak in tongues and began to ask God to move in the, in the environment and say, God, remove this spirit. God, remove this ugly feeling that I feel. And I remember we had tears running down our eyes because we were so afraid. And believe me if you want to, believe me, don't believe me if you don't want to. I promise you, I heard a wind go through the room. And when the wind went through the room, it blew the curtain where the window was. And when I went over to where the window was, I asked my sister, did you see that? She said, yeah. And I went over to where the window was and I looked and the window wasn't open. But let me tell you what changed. The environment changed. Oh, the Spirit of God began to move in the room. And the ugly spirit was gone. And the things that I was afraid of were no longer there. The thing that worried me was no longer there. So I'm going to tell you tonight, if three little kids can kick the devil out of the house, imagine what a church can do. Come on, somebody. Imagine what a church can do. If three little kids can put the devil to flight, tell me what a church can't do. Amen. I believe the church is powerful. I believe that, see, the coronavirus, people said they shut down the church. They didn't shut down the church. You are the church. Amen. And I know that each and every one of you went out and spread the gospel still the same. Ain't nothing changed in this environment. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can't shut down the church. We are the church. The church of the living God. Amen. The Bible says, here's what's interesting. When you've been given power, sometimes we don't always know what to do with that power. But I'm going to tell you what. I feel like we've been given the power to win this city. Amen. To Larry, I'm coming for you. To Larry, the church uh, abundant life center is coming for you. There ain't a person in this town that ain't going to know who we are and ain't going to know who God is because we have been given power. Amen. I believe that God is about to pour out his spirit over to Larry. And the revival, hold on. A lot of us say, the revival that's coming. No, the revival that's already happening is still going to tear this 
city apart and bring out those that are hungry and thirsty for God. I just want to know, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Amen. The words keep ringing in my ears. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Oh, don't do it without me. Lord, whatever you're doing in this hour, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Lord, whatever you're doing in this city, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Come on, somebody. I know that this is an apostolic church. I know this is a church of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I know there's a revival that's already started. This is the revival where the Spirit of the Lord says, in the end times, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. I believe pastor said it many times. We only have a little bit of time left and I'm going to preach the word of God the way it's written. I'm going to preach the word of God and I'm going to reach those because I love people and I want to see souls saved. Amen. Whatever you're doing in this hour, Lord, don't do it without me. Amen. How many times... Have you felt the Spirit of God move? And you know something is changing. I don't feel like I'm alone in this. I don't feel like I'm the only one that feels like there's a switch in the atmosphere and God is about to do something He ain't never, ever, ever done in our lifetime. I believe that God is beginning to do a move like never before. Amen. Matthew 14, 23. Here's where I'm going to get my message from. And you got to stick with me on this verse. Amen. He says, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Um, and, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. Immediately. Jesus stretched forth his hand. And he caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, therefore didst thou doubt. And when they were come unto the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, O of truth. Thou art the Son of God. Today I want to preach to you on this thought. Now, bear with me. It's a boat time. 
That's right. Not it's about time. It's about time. Now stick with me for a minute. I want to draw your attention to verse 26 through 29. Matthew 14, 26 through 29. Here's what the scripture says. And I find this interesting, Pastor. He says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You see, the disciples could see him. They could see him, but they could not see him. Huh? They could see him, but they could not really see him for who he was or what he was in their situation. They called him a spirit, but did not recognize the authority and the power that he had. They did not recognize who he was in the storm. They did not recognize who he was in their crisis. That is the power of fear. They were so afraid. And when you're so afraid, let me tell you something about fear. It will jack you up so bad that you cannot see things the right way. Because they knew Jesus. They saw him, but they did not recognize him. And sometimes that is, it is the way we are when we are in the midst of a storm, we're in the midst of a trial or a pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, whatever situation we're in in life, we see God and we know he's there, but we don't recognize his authority in our situation. But Peter, the Bible says, you see, Jesus said, you know, be of good cheer. Chill. Chill. Sometimes God needs to look at us and tell us, chill. Goodness. You guys are fearful one minute, excited the next. Boy, I can't control your guys's. You know, ups and downs. You do. I do. I control my ups and downs. But he says, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked. The Bible says he walked on the water to Jesus. And I know we get all excited about Peter walking on the water. Woo! Gee, Peter walked on the water. And we love to preach the message about Jesus uh, or Peter walking on the water and Jesus walking on the water. But you see, all of those boys in that boat, except for Peter, there was something significant about Peter. Peter had the ability, amen, to see who he had in front of him. Because he acknowledged God and he connected with God on a level that those other boys did not connect with God. Because I want to show you something. In the middle of a storm where the waves are crashing and the wind is howling and Jesus is just enough far off where they can see that it's him, but they can't really tell. Peter found a way to talk to Jesus. Peter 
whether he closed his eyes or just looked off into the distance, he, he blocked out the waves. He blocked out the wind. He blocked out the naysayers. And the fearful and the afraid. And he said, Jesus, if that's you, call me out on the water. Bid me to come. You think about it. Peter was the only one who knew what his situation really was. And what God was and what Jesus was in his, in his situation. Peter knew it's just a boat time. It's just a boat time. The waves are crashing. The wind is howling. The things are tossing and turning. But I see Jesus afar off. And I see him at a distance. And this is just a boat time. This is just a time of rocking and rolling. This is just a time of going back and forth. But I want to connect with Jesus. Jesus, if that's you, call me out upon the water. Amen. And we like to give Peter a hard time because we know that as he stepped out onto the water, he got his eyes off of Jesus. But you got to realize Peter walked on the water. Amen. And that was just a little miracle. We sometimes say it was Peter's faith that stepped out on the water. But Peter already knew who Jesus was in his comfort zone. He already knew who he was in the boat. But it wasn't, he wasn't willing to settle for another miracle in the boat. He was not willing to settle for another miracle in the boat. He wanted to walk with Jesus. He wanted to talk with Jesus. Amen. And he wanted outside of the boat. Walking on water was the miracle. The faith was knowing it was Jesus with him in the storm. We think that the miracle, we think that the faith pastor was stepping out. That the faith wasn't stepping out on the water. The faith was knowing that's God in my situation. The storm is raging. I, I see him afar off. And, and yeah, he seems at a distance. But I know it's him. I know that's my Savior. I know that's the one that calls me out. That's the one who knows everything about me. The one that came to me and looked for me when I was in a situation I didn't understand. When I was in the midst of a trial. When I was in the midst of not knowing who I was. Amen. But you see, walking on the water was a miracle. The faith was knowing it was Jesus with him in the storm. We might, we might not see him very well. We might not be able to hear his voice very clear. But it is about time and I need to leave here and walk with Jesus in the storm. I wonder how many of you tonight feel like it's about time. And it's about time to walk out on the water and go to Jesus. How many of you feel like tonight this city is going to be taken by force. Because we know we have the power to step out of the boat. Because this is just about time. But I'm ready to step out into the city and go out to Jesus and say God... Use me. 
Use me in the storm. Use me in the situation. So tonight I want to say to you, when you're going through life and you're having issues that you just can't seem to shake, you've got to remind yourself that it's just because it's about time. Amen. You've got to remind yourself when you have kids that are out of church, it's about time. I'm stepping out. Amen. If your marriage is on the rocks, you need to realize it's about time. You need to step out. Amen. When you realize your finances are in crazy whack doodles you need to realize it's a boat time and you need to step out it's a boat time the boat will rock the boat will run the boat will be crashed from side to side and you're in a boat time and you're stuck in boat time But it's about time you step out of a boat time and get into the walking on the water with Jesus time. Amen. It's time for you to walk in faith. It's time for you to understand who Jesus is on the water. Amen. You keep going back to the doctor and the doctor gives you the same old bad news. It's a boat time. But it's time for you to step out. Well, preacher, I don't understand what you're talking about. Let me tell you. I'm going to step out in prayer. I said, I'm going to step out in prayer. How many of us are going to step out in prayer today? Amen. How many of us are going to step out in prayer and intercede for our brother, our sister? We're going to stand in the gap and make up the hedge so that nobody in this city goes to hell because there ain't a soul in this, in this city that ain't worth saving. Amen. I'm going to step aside and I'm going to step out in praise and I'm going to step out in worship and I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to step out in a dance and I'm going to step out in a shout and I'm going to step out and run the aisles and I'm going to step out and read the word of God. I don't know, maybe you don't want to step out tonight, but I'm going to step out and fast. I'm going to step out and and begin to read the word of God and begin to step out and sing. I'm going to step out. Amen. Step out. Start playing an instrument. Step out. Start witnessing. Because this is just a boat time. You're rocked from side to side. Amen. Let me tell you a story about something. Something that crushed my face so bad. I'll tell you what, it makes it hard sometimes for me to worship. I worship anyways. But I was... In a service one time, and I tell you, I took off shouting. And pastor, this wasn't any regular shout. I mean, I shout like the girls shout sometimes. I just, ah! Woo! And I mean, I took off rolling on the floor. I took off shaking all about. I took off running the aisles and, and just dancing all about. I jumped, Pastor, you think I hurt my knee. I jumped off the platform and somehow I started shaking. I fell off the platform. I rolled into a pew and knocked the pew back and hit a 70-year-old lady in the eye. Gave her a black eye. It's a boat time. Come on. And after service, somebody came up to me and said, Brother, you were out of order. You need to put yourself in check. I'll tell you, it crushed me. It crushed my worship. It crushed my praise. Another time, I I was backing up a preacher, and he said, he was preaching and preaching. I said, come on. He said, no, you come on. Crushed my faith. 
We get offended so easy. We get bruised so easy. And then we blame God. We turn around and say, well, it's God's fault. God, I'm not going to worship you anymore. I was out of order somehow. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you a warning. Yes, they crushed my faith. But when I get to shouting, you better back up. Because I'm going to shout and I'm going to worship God to the best of my ability. And I'll be like David who was accused of... Oh, look at you, David. You want to worship the Lord and you want to make a scene. Yeah, I want to worship God because I know the Ark of the Covenant's coming back home. I know God's presence is back in this place. Amen. So when you're in the storm and you know that it's a boat time, you need to realize it's your time to step out. When you feel like you're in being tossed from side to side and you don't understand what's going on, you need to understand that God's probably telling you it's time to step out. It's time to go from the faith that you're at to the higher faith. I'm calling you a little bit higher. We get uncomfortable, Pastor, when we get content. We get, we get uncomfortable when we get into a place where we just start going through the motions. Amen. The Bible says this. My faith isn't about, or excuse me, my faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, my faith isn't about walking on the water. It's about knowing who's with me through the storm. I'm in a boat time. And when I'm in boat time, I'm being tossed from side to side. But when you know who's with you in the storm, you can stop chasing the miracle and you can start chasing after the miracle maker. Peter stepped out toward God and the miracle followed him. The sign will follow them that believe. So when you start following God and you start following the right things, God is going to allow you to step out in your miracle and you're going to get the breakthrough that you've been looking for. You're going to get the Holy Ghost that you've been looking for. You're going to get the miracle and the healing that you've been looking for because you you stop looking for the miracle and you start looking to Jesus. Amen. It was when he was started talking to Jesus and he stepped out on the water. He got his miracle because he started following the miracle maker. Jesus emphasizes how personal, personal our relationship can be with him in John 10, 27 when he says, my sheep listen to my voice. He says, I know them. And they follow me. They follow me. We must be careful not to fall in love with the miracle more than the miracle maker. Jesus warned us. Let me show you. Mark 8, 11. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking for him a sign from heaven, tempting him, and he sighed deeply in his spirit. And Jesus said, why does this generation seek after a sign, verily, verily, I say unto you, or verily, I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. I wonder tonight, if you never see your miracle, if you never see the hope that you were hoping for, will you still step out of the boat? Will you wait on God to call you? 
Will you allow God to call you? Or will you back up and say, until I see the miracle, I ain't stepping out on the water. Because faith without works is, faith without works is, it's dead. Because it's our action that puts God into action. See, you always say, well, God needs, I want God to take the first step. God died on a cross. What more do you want from him? He laid down his life for you. And you want him to take the first step? He took the first 100 plus 33 years of it until he hung on a cross. Amen. Lord, help me to praise you even in my storm and in the waves and in the chaos. And when I never see my miracle, I want to still praise you. Lord, I want to still run the aisles. I still want to shout. I still want to sing. I still want to dance. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised even in the absence of my miracle. Even in the absence of my miracle, God, you are great and greatly to be praised. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2 says, My faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things next not seen. Now I'm going to break this down for you for a minute. <laughs> Let me remember what he said. Faith is the substance of faith is the substance of things hoped for. The stuff I hope for. The stuff I hope for. But is the evidence of things not seen. The, the life people will never understand. Evidence is the life that nobody will understand. What do you mean you go to church? Your life is in mess. Your life is in chaos. You've been going through financial struggles. You've been dealing with a sickness. My God is greater than my sickness. My God is greater than my financial struggle. Baby, this is the evidence of my faith. This is the evidence of my faith when I praise him, when there is no breakthrough, when there is no miracle, when I'm not out on the water yet. Because I know that if I praise him through the storm, he'll carry me through the miracle. Amen. So faith is the substance, the stuff I hope for, but it's the evidence of the things not seen. It's the life people will never understand in you. It's the evidence of the things not seen. Let me, let me break that down a little bit more. Go to, go to two. You see, it's the life they lived. They lived in so much of a state of joy through their struggle, through their trial. People were like, what? Because for by it, that evidence... The elders obtain a good report. Somebody said, oh, I want what you got. Oh, I want, a I want a taste of that. I want to taste the Spirit of the Lord. You're always in a joyful mood. You always got faith on side of you. I live without faith. I live without hope. And I'm hungry for something. I'm hungry for some of that hope. And guess what? 
God will always answer the voice of his people. When they cry out, amen, when they cry out unto him, your words, amen, you will begin to open up the word of God and you will begin to see that if you begin to walk toward God, God begins to walk toward you. Why do you live for God when you're going through all this? It's because I know who he is. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Because this is just about time. And faith has me destined to step out. Watch this. We, we have to be careful, again, not to follow miracles. And here's why. Revelation 16. 13. 1613. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of a dragon and out of the mouth of a beast and out of the mouth of a false prophet. That's a bunch of ugly things, Pastor. He said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of a dragon, out of the mouth of a beast, and out of the mouth of a false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working Miracles. Wait a minute. For they are the spirits of the devils working miracles. When you follow a miracle, you better be careful who you're following. When you're just looking for the signs and the wonders and the oohs and the ahs, and you haven't opened the Word of God to see what the Word of God says, You better be careful. For they are the spirits of the devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and unto the whole world to gather them to battle for that great day of God Almighty. If we fall in love with the signs and the wonders, you better be careful because there is seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that will lead you astray. Amen. The waves can be loud and the sounds of everything around you can seem to be distraction. But don't let what others say make you uh, not able to hear what God has to say. In my mind, no doubt, the other disciples saw Peter getting ready to step out on the boat, out of the boat. And no doubt, they begin to try to grab him and restrain him. Peter, don't go. Peter, don't go. Peter, don't step out. Peter, don't you step out of the boat. You're going to be taken away by the waves. You're going to be taken away. Don't go, Peter. But Peter had his eyes on Jesus. And Peter had his mind on Jesus. And Peter heard the voice of God call him out of the wilderness and call him out. Amen. you got to understand, Peter knew all about boat time. He was a fisherman. He knew the ups and the downs of life. He understood the good and the bad and the, and the, and the crazy and the pretty and the ugly. Amen. But you got to realize, uh, despite what he, Peter knew, amen, and despite what the others were saying, he had to walk with Jesus. And he had to know what it was outside of normal and outside of the comfort zone and outside of complacency it's time to stop fearing the wrong things and it's time to start stepping out and and what God desires for our life I would hate to find myself at the end of my life unable to move and wonder what if I had wrestled a few more angels what if I had just stepping out of a few more boats 
What if I would have just hung on and said, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. You keep fearing your situation when what you really should be fearing or what you really should be afraid of is not seeing where God wants to take you. Satan wants nothing more than to have you fear your own ability, talents that God has blessed you with. It's time to stop fearing the wrong things. We often fear, well, I'm not good enough and I'm not loud enough and I'm not strong enough and I'm not like everybody else. God doesn't want you like everybody else. He just wants about time to go stop leaving the devil and talk. He wants you to stop listening to the devil and get you to start listening to him. Amen. It's just about time. You've got to stop listening to the devil and you've got to start being the woman that God called you to be. It's a boat time. You have to stop listening to the devil and talk to you. And I want to, and God, you got to stop listening to the devil talk to you about what you're not meant to be. And you got to walk out in divine favor and blessing of what God has called you to be as a man. Amen. God has called you to be a specific husband. God has called you to be a wife. God has called you to be a father. God has called you to be a mother. God has called you to be a soul winner. God has called you to be a soul winner on your job, at your school. God has called you to be many things. He's called you to be a soul winner in your city. But you're so distracted because it's a boat time. But I want to encourage you tonight that it's a boat time and you're strong enough. you got to realize it's a boat time and you are loud enough. It's a boat time and you are good enough. It's a boat time and you are as good as the best of them. Don't let the devil sit down and distract you. Don't let the devil sit on your shoulder and lie to you and tell you that the storm is too big and that you're all alone. Amen. Matthew eleven twelve says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven, heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taketh it by force. You are a fighter. You are somebody who God has called you to be, and there is more power, and there is more strength, and there is more loudness and boldness in you than you will ever know. And so you need to grab that by the horns, and you need to tell God, God, I don't know where I am in the boat but I know God it's about time for me to step out and I'm going to walk with you amen you see there's another scripture where the men were in a boat pastor disciples were in a boat but this at this time Jesus was asleep he was chilling on the boat disciples wake up Jesus in a panic save us God the, the waves are hitting the boat The boat's about to be capsized. Help us, Jesus. Oh, no, we're going to die. And Jesus tells him, oh, you you got so little faith. Just chill. There he is, the chill again. Chill. He reaches out and he says, peace, be still. And they're like, whoa, he can control the winds. Yeah, he's God. Some of you are surprised when God does stuff for you. And you're like, wow. He's God, guys. Okay. He, he, he cares about the sparrows. He cares about you. Amen? How can it be that we sometimes, and I'm closing tonight, so if I could get some help. How can it be sometimes that We know who God is and we can see God. And we get stuck in a boat time. 
And all we see is the waves and we hear the wind. And we, see all the, we hear all the distractions and we see all the things that, that just pull us away from what's really important. And that's the voice of God. Peter listened for the voice of God. He stopped and he, he tuned out the wind and he tuned out the waves. And yeah, we give him a hard time because he stepped out on the water and he started to sink. But Jesus was immediately there to pick him up. I want, I want to take you to another scripture. Mark 8, the 13th chapter. We have to stop making excuses and just be what God has wanted us to be. we got to stop making excuses because where I am today, it's just a boat time. It's, it's just a rocking and, a, and rolling. It's, it's just distraction. But when you step out and you really see where God is wanting you to be, he'll take you to higher heights and deeper depths than you've ever been in your life. And you'll develop such a close relationship with God that you'll begin to do things that you never imagined. In Mark 8, 13, he says, and he left them and he entered into a ship. And again, he departed on the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And, they char- and he charged them, saying, take heed. Be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of, the Herod, of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we have no bread? And when Jesus knew it, He said unto them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye in your heart, have your hearts yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not. And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves among five thousand? How many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said seven. Or they said twelve. And he said, what about when I broke for the four thousand? How many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you don't understand? And I know probably this scripture, you're probably looking at it and wondering, I don't really understand. Why is he tripping over bread? That's where we miss the mark. He looked at them and he said, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and neither had their ship with their had they any in the ship more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed and be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. See. What he was trying to reach out and say was, look, there's going to be men that come to you. And they're going to try to sell you something. And they're going to try to give you something. <clears throat> they're going to try to give you something. And they're going to reach out for you. And they're going to try to grab you. And I want you to be careful. 
And these guys were so carnal and so wrapped up in the bread part that they didn't even realize what he was saying. Because what he was really was saying was, I love you. Please don't be lost by the Pharisees. And don't be taken away by the people who want to pull you out by Herod. Don't take the bread that they're trying to give you. Don't take what they're trying to sell you. Because you got to listen to me. you gotta, you got to hear my words. you got to hear what I'm trying to tell you. Don't you realize you're so caught up in the bread. Don't you know? Don't you think that if we have one loaf on the boat, you don't remember when I broke the bread for 5,000? You don't think I could break bread for 12? When I broke the bread for 4,000, you don't think I could break a loaf for 12? The message was not about the bread. The message was about don't take something that I don't want you to take. He said, why don't you understand that I love you? You see, you have to think. He was telling them, take heed. I love you. And I don't want to lose you. How can it be that you don't understand how much I love you? Here's what he said in James. I am the bread. Of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread, this bread, he said, is my flesh, which I give for you, for the life of the world. Stand with me tonight. I mean, if you really know who God is in the storm, if you really want to know where God is in the storm, and if sometimes you can, you can have a hard time seeing him, why don't you begin to block out all the distractions, block out all the noise, and block out all the distractions around you, and begin to lift up your voice right now, and begin to cry out to Jesus, and say, God, let me hear your voice. For you are the bread that I desire. God, you're the one that I want. Come and open up the word and begin to read and begin to take the bread of life. Amen. God wants you to know tonight that he loves you and that he's reaching out for you and he's telling you don't listen to the world today. Don't listen to the things of the world because they want to give you something that, they, that isn't good for you. They want to give you false doctrine and they want to give you false hope. 
But if you can reach out to Jesus and begin to say, God, I need you in this storm. God, I don't care whether I get my miracle or not. God, I want to be with you. I love you, Jesus. God, I need you right now, God. God, no matter what the storm may come, no matter what rolls, God, I'm going to trust in you. And know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Amen. And we need to be ready and we need to be putting on the whole armor of God. And just trust in God. Raise your hands right now and just begin to pray. Why don't you begin to lift up his name and begin to say, God, I know that you're with me. This is just a boat time. This is just a rocking time. This is just a rough time. But I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you, God. Where to go. Amen. So I cannot question. God loves you tonight. God is reaching. God is talking to you tonight. God is telling you, I want you to come out from among them and be separate. For you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And you alone. Don't stop now. Begin to talk to God and say, God, I'll do what you want me to do. We'll trust you. Through it all, God, I trust you. Still I will follow. Hallelujah. Still God, I need you tonight, God. God, I need you in my life, God. To no matter your what time it is, God. No matter how hard it is, God. I'm going to trust in you. God, I'm going to trust in you. 